Hey, welcome to Playing for Keeps, the show where we take a deep dive into emotional intelligence, sex, love, adult attachment theory, mental health, therapy, and everything in between that creates great relationships. Your host, DJ, is a certified life coach and emotional intelligence practitioner. She's here to be of service to all the listeners interested in love and relationship. Now, here's your host, DJ. Hey, everybody, it's your girl DJ with Plan for Keeps podcast. And today I have a special guest for our dating chronicles. I have Brianna Bowley. How are you doing today, girl? Great, thank you. Okay, awesome. How's your week going? Let's start off there. I know it's well, early in the week. I have to apologize. I'm a little bit unwell. I've got some hay fever, so you'll have to excuse oh, no. my um, my snotty sounding voice. Oh, no, it's okay. The weather is changing here, too, and I've just, I'm finally kind of clearing up. I always yeah. sound a little snotty anyway, but I'm I was really bad like a couple of days ago. So no, I understand. Yeah. But how's everything going? Good, good. Things are busy in my world. So yeah, lots going on. It's 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 good. I'm I'm keeping my seatbelt on. It's been a roller coaster. Gotcha. Do you have any other new projects or anything like that? Um no, just continuously building on the ones we spoke about last time, really. That's awesome. Okay, okay. Well, you are here for Dating Chronicles where you give a funny romantic or crazy dating story so what you got for us today okay so uh oh I'm trying to think how long ago was it now about three years ago um I was dating this guy we were in oh we've been together for about nine months and uh we've made the decision that uh at some point we'd like to move over to Bali so I'm I live in Australia and we sort of said well you know let's go spend maybe a year or so living in Bali He'd actually never been overseas and he'd never been to Bali. So we said, well, let's go over there for about a month. We'll spend some time there, see how much you like it. And then from there, like we'll, we'll finalize the decision. Anyway, um, we'd been there for about three weeks and um, we'd kind of hit a point where we were just arguing about, you know, silly things really. Like it was just, there was just a real disconnect, you know, just arguing wow. over silly stuff, like the slightest thing will kind of set us off. Um, and then this one night, I, to, to this day, I can't even remember what the uh, argument was about. It was something, in my mind, something really small. Uh, we've had this argument and then he stormed off. And then I'm sitting out the front of our room, just sitting on the little balcony, you know, doing some work. And um, I see him kind of come past with his bags. And I'm like, okay, what's, what's going on here? And right. yeah, then I've realized as I'm watching him go about his what he's doing that he's packing up his luggage and so I checked in with him and he said oh I'm, I'm flying back to Australia tonight I've booked a flight and um just like that he uh yeah packed up his stuff and flew home to Australia leaving me there in Bali for another couple of weeks wow like what the hell like what did you say in the interim of that like I know you said you were working but it's kind of what did you say to that did you tell him not to leave or, or did you egg him on like well leave then like what well, it was interesting because, so he told me he was flying home and my gut said that he hadn't booked the flights. My gut said that he was wanting me to turn around and beg him, basically. You know, I kind of feel like where we were at, the sense I got was that he was doubting, there was a lot of self-doubt coming up for him. And so he was sort of looking for me to 
kind of reassure him and validate yeah. those feelings? Yeah, okay. he, was, he was looking for me to basically, you know, validate the fact that he was enough. And I was just at a point where I was like, that's not my job. You know, like that's, that's, that's your job. Like it's your job to, to own your worth. And so um, I just kind of called his bluff and I said, okay, well, you've obviously made your decision. If you're packing your bags, then that clearly means that you're ready to leave. Um, and so I, I have a funny feeling that it was after I called his bluff that he went, oh shit, I've actually got to do it now. And then he went and booked the flights after that. Um, yeah, <laughs> so it was an interesting experience. Wow. Okay. So tell me, what did you learn from that? And like, when you think back, like just on the relationship and leading up to it, like, do you think you would have saw that coming? Like the self-doubt and the need and the reassurance. And did he display those, those traits in the relationship? Yeah. I mean, looking back, I, I, I remember one of the first conversations we had, you know, I'm someone who's really clear on what I want for my life, how I want it to look. Um, And looking back, one of the first really serious conversations we had really on in, in the relate really early on in the relationship was me base. I basically laid it all out on the table and said, this is what I want for my life. This is my five-year plan. This is my 10-year plan and so on. And he was sort of like, yeah, I'm all in. And um, I guess I, I, looking back, that was a red flag in itself. The fact that he didn't really turn around and say, well, this is my goals. You know, these, these are my visions for myself. Um, And so I think really he was quite lost and my clarity and certainty about what I wanted from life was sort of something for him to attach to. And it it gave him a sense of purpose. Um, And also, I mean, another red flag, which I chose to look over was the fact that he was actually pretty fresh out of a relationship. So he's sort of gone from one relationship to me and he, he did seem to be a bit of a serial, uh, he, you know, he was constantly in relationships, never single. Guess, and even after him and I split, he was straight into another relationship. So, you know, wow. it kind of there were a lot of red flags, which I think I just kind of got swept up in the fact that he was so all in with what I want, what I wanted to create, that I kind of just got swept up in that. Got you. Okay. So... And since you're a coach, I'm going to start asking you questions now. Like, I think the term you were looking for, and I could be wrong on the term too, serial monogamous dater, would you say? Because he's like monogamous. So like, okay, what is the dangers of that and not sitting with yourself after you break up with somebody, would you say? Yeah, well, I mean, there's, I'd say there's a lot of dangers to it. One being that, you know, it kind of tells me that there's, there's a codependency going on. So if someone is consistently with other people first of all they're not really they're not giving themselves the time to heal from whatever you know to heal from that breakup and to move on from that breakup and to really find themselves outside of relationship um and it tends to tell me that you know they're they're looking for their worth in someone else they're almost um delegating where they pull their worth from and and delegating where they they get that sense of purpose from You know, all too often I see people who, yeah, you know, they're looking to get that love and that affection and that intimacy and that sense of connection from their partner rather than giving it to themselves and seeing themselves as whole first and having a relationship complement them as opposed to having a relationship as an attempt to complete themselves. Got you. How does somebody like that find their purpose? I know you touched on it the last time we talked, but since we're on it, I love to just 
push it out there for real because I feel like that's it's a huge problem in today's society because that's what honestly we've all kind of been taught it's codependency and you're you're supposed to kind of look outside of yourself with quotation marks for that happiness like so how do you how does one do that especially if there's somebody who doesn't know how to sit still to try to find their purpose yeah I guess really it's it's about sitting with the discomfort I mean there's there's never going to be a sense of comfort in really facing off with the parts of yourself that you're not yet comfortable with. Um, but it's, it's, it's first of all, having an awareness that that is the pattern, you know, consistently looking outside of yourself, whether it's through mm-hmm. a relationship or a career or money or clothes or the car or whatever it might be, or your kids, a lot of people use their kids. Yeah. Um, it's first of all, noticing that pattern and then consciously choosing something else. And so really... Yeah, taking that time, even when it's completely uncomfortable, even when it's painful, to really spend time alone and, you know, to start to ask yourself the questions of what do I really want? Like, what, how do I want my life to look? You know, what do I want for myself? What lights Mm -hmm. me up? What makes me feel whole and complete? And um, just continuously, you know, really, really getting to know yourself on a whole new level. And it's an ongoing process, you know. I don't think anyone yeah. ever reaches that point where they're done. Um, but yeah, really, really just asking yourself the hard questions and being willing to be okay if the answer is something that you maybe don't want to hear. Right. Absolutely. So, like you said, you kind of got swept up. That's kind of how you kind of got caught up in a way. And one thing I've noticed is even when we get with people who don't, they're not exactly on our level. They kind of mirror something like kind of inside of us too what do you think that was for you in that particular relationship yeah I mean I think there was a big element of at that point you know I was still I was still really finding who I was as a coach and so there was still a big part of me that even even though externally it looks it looked like you know I was a successful coach that you know I was doing all these amazing things there was still a part of me that doubted whether I truly deserved it and whether you know, this was really my path. And so I think That's having him come into my world and, you know, he just, the experience was that he really pedestaled me and he pedestaled the lifestyle I was trying to create and he pedestaled what I, what I did for work. And so that was really, that was me outsourcing my own worth. You know, that was that was me going, Got okay, well, I, I 50% believe in what I'm creating. The other 50% can be this guy who comes in and just goes, oh my God, this sounds amazing, you know? And so- yeah yeah really it was I was doing the same thing as him I was trying to find my worth outside of me and especially I think you know up until that point I'd poured so much of my time and focus into my work that I hadn't really allowed myself the space to date and to experience you know being in a relationship with someone and so when he came along it was like oh, cool. Like I can have both. I can be in business and I can also, you know, for the first time ever, like get to do both. And so, you know, it, it was sort of that thing of, yeah, he, he just, he came along completely out of the blue. So it was like, oh, this is just, it's so perfect. This, you know, gotcha. <laughs> let's just dive in rather than really being patient and taking my time to actually really get to know him. Gotcha. So my next question for you. So you know, they say the healthier route is to find, okay, you're doing your own thing, this person is doing their own thing, and then you guys kind of come together, right? Like, 
You guys have your own individual goals. Of course, you can have some of the same things, but you guys have individual things going on. So I guess that codependency isn't totally there. How, on, how does that relationship really look in real life or how do, do you know yet? Have you found that yet? Or did you have you experienced that yet? Even if it didn't work out, do you did you ever experience that? Do you know what, or do you know what that looks like? Because a lot of people don't, and I think that's too what the confusion is. Like people don't really know what that looks like because again, quote unquote, you know, people are so used to seeing like just you people just on top of each other, and that's just how it's supposed to work, and that's how it's a quote quote unquote supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, in in theory, I know what it what it looks like. Um, in practice, I haven't. I don't believe I've experienced it um, to to the degree that I I witness it. You know, in up here in my mind. Gotcha. Um, I you know I've had dating experiences which have felt much closer to what the you know what I guess my vision of a, an interdependent relationship rather than a codependent relationship. Um, however, you know, I mean, even those, those, those brief dating experience, those brief dating experiences have still shown me parts of myself where I still have, you know, um, anxious attachment um, habits or, you know, avoidant attachment habits, you know, and, so really it's just this process of continuously allowing that stuff to come up. And like I said earlier, I don't believe we're ever complete as such. So even when yeah. we do find an interdependent relationship, um, we'll still have stuff come up, you know, we'll still have those abandonment wounds and those sorts of things come up. And it's, it's about right. how do we manage how do it? We, how do we navigate those experiences? Do we gotcha. avoid them and sweep them under the rug and, and continue to kind of fall victim, so to speak, to, um, you know, those old wounds? Or do we actually use the fact that they're coming up as the opportunity to, to go, okay, well, there's something here which I previously didn't know was there and work through that, you know, together, together gotcha. as, a, as, a, um, a, as a couple dynamic. So I have a question for you, kind of for myself. So since yeah, we please. touching on attachment theory, so I am a fearful avoidant. Like, so I have both. And for me, like, if the dude isn't toxic, or honestly, this is just being honest, if the dude isn't toxic, or if the dude doesn't have like a lot going on for himself, or even me, I feel like, well, maybe I can help him so I'm not bored. I get bored and I... I, I dip out like what advice would you give to somebody like that who feels like they need their hard hit chemistry in one way or the other mm. actually it's funny that you asked that question because as you said it I'm like mm, this sounds like me so I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of going to speak to myself with this um I think patience is really the big one I know for me patience is the big one it's you know I think yeah, my, my experience is that, you know, there is that, like, like you said, the hard hitting chemistry, when that, when that pops up, I'm like, yes. And I kind of, I find myself falling into, you know, these fantasies, right. of what could be. And the lesson I keep coming back to is that, you know, if this person, like, yes, uh, enjoy the, the hard hitting chemistry, but yeah. if this person is my person, it doesn't matter whether we get together immediately or we get together six months down the track, or we get together five years down the track. If it, what's meant for me will not miss me. And so 
I get to just keep um, just be, being in the present and staying with myself, maintaining my centre and, you know, maintaining my centre and really there just allowing it to play out as it will um, and not making it mean anything ahead of time. That's something I'm, that's something I'm coaching myself on literally that what you just said for me and not getting sucked in completely and forgetting myself. That's really, for me, that's really what it is. Okay. I, I appreciate that. Just that reminder is everything. I was having a conversation with my housemate about similar stuff in my world. And one thing that he said, which when he said, it, I'm like, of course, like that's so obvious. And this was that, you know, what's the rush? Because, you know, like that early dating phase where you're kind of, you know, like you're not really sure and there's a bit of flirting, but you kind of, you know, you're both just trying to figure it out where the other is. That's the fun part. And once you get past that mark and you're a couple, then you've kind of got the rest of your lives together, you know, assuming that it is a a forever thing. And Mm -hmm. so why rush that initial part? You know, and so that um, that thought immediately just takes the pressure off of like, we've got forever. That's true. Yeah. That's true. When you, when you think of it like that too, it's, I don't know, it, it's, hard. it's hard. Like when, when you meet somebody and you really like them and it's just, you think, you think about forever right then and there and you create these stories in your head and it's just, it's just, it's just. <laughs> you know the feminine do in a way you know we're like the feminine as such we're multitaskers and we can focus on a million different things at once and so I think you know I witness this all the time where men they're very single focused so when they're you know when they're working they're working and there's no room to consider anything else when they're dating they're dating and there's no room to consider anything else Whereas as women, you know, like we can be hard at work and there's still part of our mind focusing on, you know, what this relationship dynamic could be. And um, so again, it's that real lesson of of patience and and being completely present. You know, I try to always, when I have that going on in my world, I try to really go, okay, well, for the next hour I'm working. So I'm going to try as best I can to fully drop in and be completely present with work. Work, and yeah. to be in the now and not to have these stories running in the background of like he hasn't texted me or you know right. I wonder what he's doing right now or whatever the story might be got you okay okay that, that's really good advice and just another tidbit just to add real quick I was talking to another friend too um just kind of on her journey with this guy for the last couple of years and it didn't end well. And she said she watched some documentary. I'll have to ask her for the name of it. But it kind of made her realize that, you know, she was so preoccupied with this guy that she was thinking about possibly forever with him and waiting on him that she realized, well, well, maybe I could have moved to another state or maybe I could have been doing this and maybe I could have been doing that. And she realized she wasn't really following the things she wanted to do. So again, like you were saying before, like really knowing what your purpose is too, I think will help you um, just not get so attached to the wrong person. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I heard Matthew Hussey talk about, I don't know whether you've heard of Matthew Hussey. I've heard of Um, him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He was talking about, you know, when it comes to, again, with females, how we tend to, and that's a huge generalization, but we tend to 
you know, always kind of have our focus on, on the person, even when we've got other things going on. Right. Uh, Matthew suggests, you know, always come back and consider if I had a hundred better things to do, then sit here and wait for him to text or wait for him to call or whatever, what would I be doing? Right. See, and you go and do those things because then you stay in your center. You know, you stay with who you really are before the relationship, you know? And right. so that's, and that's been a huge one for me. When I'm waiting on the text, yeah. I'm like, hang on, what would I be doing if I was, if I had a hundred better things to do than sit and wait for a text, what would I be doing? And then I, and then I go and I do those things because it's, it's my way of staying connected to me. And that's how I stay connected with myself now too, because before I, I didn't think like that. It was, it was always preoccupied with the guy. And I saying that I don't struggle with these things because I still do, but now I have tools to kind of lean back on and, and, and work with and really try to do the work because I know at the end of the day, I want to live out my purpose. I don't want to ever look back 50 years from now and be like, yeah, I didn't do the things I wanted to do because I was too busy chasing a man or, or even just chasing a relationship. I, I either, I got, but I'm not fully happy in because I didn't end up doing what I wanted to do or I'm, I end up by myself. So, yeah. Um, okay. Awesome. Where can the audience find you lady? Yeah. So, uh, I'm on Instagram and on Facebook. If they search my name, Brianna Bowley. So B R I A N A B O W L E Y. Okay, awesome. And I want to thank you for coming on. I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in. And you can catch me at P4K Podcast or at P4K Dating. And until next time. Thank you for tuning in to today's show. If you like this podcast, please download and subscribe. If there's anything you would like to talk about in regards to relationships or would like to be a guest on the show to speak on relationships or get advice, you can always connect via social media at Playing for Keeps or email DJ at info at P, the number four, K, dating.com. Thank you for tuning in and bye for now.